Welcome to the Expanding Consciousness Podcast with your hosts, Michael Wally and Nicholas Haag. In this podcast, we explore ways to sharpen our awareness, make life more enjoyable, be a little kinder, become more authentic, less reactive, more present, and ultimately expand our consciousness. We're happy to have you along for the ride, and if you do enjoy these conversations, please leave a review or a comment as this goes a long way for us. Enough of the promotional talk and enjoy this episode. All right. Well, welcome to episode number two. Um, for today, we want to dive a little bit into shadow work and in general, the work of Carl Gustav Jung, which is kind of a rabbit hole I've been diving into over the last, let's say, two years and has been immensely helpful for my personal development. And um, you mentioned that you don't know too much about it. So I honestly think you'll be super interested in it. Awesome. Awesome. I'm excited for this topic. Uh, yeah. So so let's just dive right in. What is the shadow? The, the term shadow was coined by um, Carl Gustav Jung. Yeah, maybe we start with him. He's a psychologist, a Swiss psychologist, um, who was kind of a scholar of Freud. And um, I think uh, in his later work, he kind of diverged uh, from Freudian ideas. Uh, basically, I think he was not on board with the whole idea that all human complexes are based on either their sexuality or their relationship with the parents, which is kind of the, the Freudian um, direction. And this is where um, he diverged. And there, there was also a fight between the two of them. And then he kind of uh, went down his, his own route. And um, yeah, he coined some, some pretty interesting terms like the, the shadow, the collective unconscious, individuation, and really went deep into depth psychology. Um, I, I think so much that lots of his work is, is maybe not fully accepted in the scientific community. Like I would say it's like on, on the border or edging kind of um, with um, clinical science, but it's gained lots of popularity in, in the last years. Um, Somehow it's gained lots of popularity with the whole psychedelic movement. Like there's lots of things in common. Um, but yeah, about the shadow, um, what would be the shadow uh, in, in Jung's terms? I would say it's any aspect of your psyche or so it could be any aspect of your personality, of your um, mind that is um unconscious so anything you're not aware of so that could be feelings it could be personality traits it could be also memories it is sort of um the blind spot within your mind all the stuff that you're not aware of so yeah all the stuff that we're not aware of so what do we do with it like if we're not aware of it you know what where do we go from there uh right so you could say that if, if you're not aware of it, you know, maybe maybe it's not even important to you, but it is actually important in the sense that it is still controlling your life in, in many ways. Because um, if it's not conscious and if it's uh, parts of your personality that you don't want to look at, um, there's actually quite some effort going on in your subconscious mind to not be let you be aware of it, right? So if there's 
any situation in your life um, where it is touching this part of your personality, you actually might get triggered or you might, um, well, do unreasonable things. I think this is kind of um, what we call a complex. So if you um, if you think about the term complex and if you think a person can have a complex, so if it's a person is acting in unreasonable way in certain situations, it is most likely due to the fact that there is some shadow or some suppressed thing that the person doesn't want to deal with and then develops these kind of complexes to to act out this shadow, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. So so let me see if I'm understanding you right. Basically if I if I blow up at someone or if I start acting in a way, you know, that, that I'd rather not, uh, it might be due to this shadow. It might be due to, you know, repressed psyche, repressed aspects of myself. Is that what you're saying pretty much? Um yeah, exactly. That that could be um an an indicator. So it's it's basically st- Stuff where we were overwhelmed with and instead of dealing with it and instead of accepting it as our own, we kind of shove it into the uh, subconscious or unconscious to deal with it later, maybe. But uh, usually we never mm-hmm. go back and deal with it. And, and this is also where the, wor- where the term shadow work would come from, which is, well, starting to illuminate the shadow, start working, start looking at your unconscious and, and try to make it conscious okay cool makes sense so you know if this stuff is is unconscious you know we we must have repressed it for a reason or something what would the benefit of of shining light on it being like shouldn't we just kind of try to push it down further or try to ignore it to to the best of our ability good question so i mean there there's a reason why we suppressed it right because maybe in a uh in the situation when maybe this aspect of ourself first came into being when we were still children, maybe we were overwhelmed and we didn't have the tools to work with it. So we, um, we, yeah, well, we, we suppress it. We kind of the, the mind fragments, if, if you want to say so, for example, if you are, imagine that you are a very creative person. And even as a child, you start expressing all of that creativity and you like, like lots of creative play. However, maybe your parents are like, I don't know, you come from a blue color family and your parents just don't respect any um, creative or any arts. And um, they they just, well, they scold you whenever you, you try to engage in any creative activities. So basically, maybe your only choice that you have is to suppress that part of yourself and to fragment it away, right? But then you kind of split away a whole part of your personality. So now your personality is much smaller. And this is a mechanism that helped you survive, right? As a, as a child, potentially. Usually it's, it's stuff that helps you um, survive or at least deal with the situation at hand. Um, however, your life if you have lots of shadows will become smaller and smaller because there's more parts of your psyche that you fragment away and you don't want to look at. So, um, and if, if you start looking at the shadow and start integrating all of that unconscious aspects, um, 
well, your life becomes much more richer. Um, you get rid of complexes and you are not in resistance anymore with what you really are, but you kind of fragmented away from your personality. Yeah, makes sense. Interesting stuff. So it sounds like we can kind of unlock some of these some of these latent childhood qualities like being more creative or perhaps having more joy in our life and that sounds pretty appealing <laughs> probably to to anyone who doesn't uh feel very joyful or, or creative very frequently right so yeah sounds like some some really powerful stuff so you know but besides things like maybe you know the very obvious outbursts or, or times when we're just not ourselves or whatever what other ways does the shadow show up what other ways can we begin to become a little bit more of aware a little bit more aware of it and and really start to develop a, a greater sense start to bring it in uh to the light of consciousness um another thing which which we usually do in order to deal with our shadow is projection i would say so whenever we judge other people or whenever we dislike other people it's usually a telltale style that's telltale sign that this is something which we dislike about ourselves so we what happens with the shadow is we actually in order to distance ourselves from our own shadow we try to also distance ourselves from the shadow in the uh, in the in the world around us so if we stay with the um, with the example of creativity we would probably dislike creative people or we would judge them silently or, or actively. And um, this is some of the things which we can look at. Um, anything where we have resistance towards, this could be something which is actually our own shadow. There, there was a great um, quote, which I noted down for this episode by Jung, which says, Every, everything that irritates us about others can lead us to an understanding of ourselves. So, um, yeah, I would say this is a safe bet to um to get started yeah yeah well boy that could probably be a little bit of a, a tough pill to swallow everything that we uh, potentially judge about others is something within ourselves that we're having a hard time owning yeah i i'm i'm sure there's there's probably just some i feel some resistance just in myself coming up around that idea it's pretty okay, difficult so yeah we we just, yeah, totally. So say that we're we're noticing some of these judgments. Um I okay, I suppose there's there's two aspects here. One might be, well, what if the judgment seems like it's really true? What if, you know, I I think that person really is an asshole or something? Does it always mean that I'm not owning, you know, my my own inner asshole? Um tough question. I I would say there's certainly assholes out there, so I don't think it's always coming from our shadow if we are judging other people but it should be an opportunity to at least ask ourselves um, is this something which is actually an aspect of myself where i have a problem with and then we could take that and um yeah start working with it so um with shadow work how you could work with it is there's many different modalities that you could do um to start integrating your shadow i think the probably the best thing you could do is um work with um a psychotherapist who's kind of specialized in in shadow work who could assist you uh, in this work however usually 
it's not done by um, psychotherapists that are covered by like public insurance. So most of the time, this will be very expensive. So if you have that opportunity and if you can afford it, like I really recommend it. But you could also start smaller and you could also, you could even do shadow work yourself by journaling or by meditating or basically by, um, by reflecting on your emotions, um, seeing, trying to feel anything from the unconscious that brings resistance. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, so say that we've noticed, uh, we've noticed we're judging, right. And, and maybe, maybe it's in some situation where it's very clearly not the other person. Like we're just angry at somebody that, that, you know, we very clearly think, okay, this person doesn't deserve it. I'm just like in, heavily in judgment here. So this, this must be some shadow up here. Um, and you mentioned a few different ways that we could work with that, uh, journaling, meditation, What's, you know, as far as like the details goes, what's, what's going on there? What are we really trying to do with the shadow? Just become more aware of it? Or, you know, can you add a little bit more detail around like, what is, what does that process look like? Um, right. So this is why, why Jung is really um, great with the, with the terms that he brought up, because um, I think shadow is a really good analogy here because all that we're doing with the shadow is basically we're shining light onto it. We are illuminating it and then it sort of stops being the shadow. So the shadow is nothing that we need to resolve, right? If we work with something where we found out, okay, I have some resistance with this particular topic and I don't even want to think about it. Like, I really just want to avoid this topic. Okay, that would be... A really good opportunity to say, okay, right now I'm going to face this topic, think about it, reflect on it on purpose to see whatever arises and to try to understand why is there resistance around this topic. And then what will happen might be that there's also negative feelings arising around this particular shadow rod, this particular topic where we have some resistance around um, maybe it happened, um, maybe it's related to something that happened during our childhood, although it doesn't have to be like, it's not only childhood stuff it can also be more recent stuff. And, um, so maybe feelings, maybe memories uh, arise around there. And the good thing is once you kind of realize your resistance and, and once you look at it, you've done most of the work. So there, there's, there's nothing. You need to change about yourself. For example, if if um, well, if you're working with with a certain shadow, with a certain part that you dislike, it doesn't mean that you suddenly need to like that part of yourself or that you need to change your personality. It's just you need to acknowledge that this is also part of your personality, and that there's nothing wrong with it. And once that happens, then the resistance around the topic is gone, and then you're sort of freed from that part of your shadow and you actually use a lot of energy to keep your shadows in the dark so all of that energy that went into protecting that part and walking through life in a way that you never touched this particular topic this is all gone now so all of that energy is freed up for you to you know spend on more useful things so it makes you more or it makes you a bit lighter i would say Cool, cool. Who doesn't want to have uh, a little bit more energy or perhaps a lot more energy and, and feel, 
feel lighter in their day-to-day lives. That sounds very appealing for sure. Um, so, so you mentioned you've been kind of researching or, or into shadow work for, for the past couple of years. Have you know how how far have you gone? What what sort of benefits have you personally seen from from doing this work? Um, so I would say it's a continuous process. So I think it's. Um... I'm not sure if this is the kind of work where you will say you will, you're ever done with it. Maybe because if you basically, let's say you, you would empty like all of your shadow, if you would empty all of your unconscious, then this new concept of the collective unconscious would arise and you would have access even to this kind of shared shadow that we all share as a society, which is um, an, another topic in itself. But what I want to say is um, this is work that can keep on going. But I, I think you should go as far as resolving the things that are making your life difficult. And I'd say I've gone pretty deep into it and I've kind of reached the um, the point where I'm starting to realize that um, a lot of the patterns and a lot of the behavior I was doing in, in my life was actually not conscious choices by by me but it was rather i don't know just how i was programmed or me trying to avoid my own shadows and okay so then you 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 do regular shadow work and you start to realize all these things and what happens over time is some sort of kind of awakening you wake up to um to your own life and you realize whoa i've been doing all of this stuff, not because I want to, but just because I want to avoid certain things. Or I've ended up in this career, not because that's something that I truly want, but because that's something that people expected me of, of me, or these kind of things um, start to to happen. And um, Jung wrote about this as he was also going through this process in, in his lifetime. And he said that um, you can basically divide a person into two personalities personality number one personality number two and personality number one in this case would be probably the the first um the first half of your life maybe so it's um well you grow up you go through puberty and then you start maybe chasing your dreams you kind of have a career that you follow and you might be even successful in that you you start a family and then after after some time you maybe get bored with that or you start asking yourself the the bigger questions and you start really looking into into your own shadows and um well then this awakening happens and then the question is asked okay if all of the stuff of the first half of my life has been this programmed personality that has been programmed by my family by my circumstances by society and it has has led me into this position where I am right now in in this career and in this surroundings, then what is it that I actually want? Like, what is actually my personality? And this is, first of all, in the beginning, it's it's an unknown. But the more of the shadow you are able to resolve, the more of that true personality of yourself is starting to come through. And then you can, if, if that is coming through, now you can make decisions in your life based on that and um i can say that those decisions are very different than 
than um, decisions you have been doing with, with personality, number one. Yeah, yeah. You know, it kind of sounds uh, a lot like what we sometimes call a, a midlife crisis, right? Where you've yes. gone through a certain amount of your life and, and right, uh, met particular goals, you know, satisfied different, you know, apparent wants, and, and then you get everything that you wanted and you're like, well, well now what? I, you know, it didn't make me happy how it had been going along. Maybe under this delusion that that once I satisfy these things, once I'm you know, once maybe I have a house, maybe I have a family, what, whatever it may be, that okay, then then I'll have made it, then I can kind of just just rest and and I'll be okay. Um, so yeah, once once you reach that point, and personally, I feel like I've uh, you know been been dabbling in that area of midlife crisis, perhaps. Uh, that that sounds like it could be really really unsettling in, in a sense. Initially, like you've had all of these these drives, these motivations, and all of a sudden they're kind of fading away, or, or you're starting to really question them. Uh, but I guess what has your experience of this been? Is it is it super unsettling, and and what do you do with that once once you've kind of disrupted all of this? I mean, I, I guess you kind of hinted at this a little bit that you might have better decision making capabilities or. or able to, to better understand your your actual wants um yeah maybe you can speak a little bit more to that right so yeah i like the idea with um, with midlife crisis i i think it's 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 very similar to that or maybe it's actually what has been happening to people like all along and i think that there's multiple ways you could approach a midlife crisis or how you could respond to it so you could well, maybe you, uh, as a middle in a midlife crisis, um, maybe you just set yourself another dream or you fulfill yourself one dream. I don't know. You always want to have a sports car. And then you say, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to pay 60 grand for a car now. And I'm going to realize my dream. And then you do it. And then you enjoy the hell out of that car. And then you kind of go back to sleep. So that's one way to respond to it. Or you could say, okay, I think... I've reached an age where if I really want to go and chase my own dreams, um, it's probably time to do it right now. It's it's maybe now or never, or why not do them now? Like you, you start to ask yourself those kind of questions. And and the thing is, even though this thing is like unconscious and the shadows, I, I think that most of us have this um, a sense for our dreams, right? I mean, over our lifetime, we develop some kind of dreams or things that we want to do, but where we say, ah, maybe not now. Okay, maybe, yeah, let me just take another job or I'm, I'm going to chase that later and then time passes, and, and maybe we, we never do it. So I think everybody already knows a little bit about their dreams and what they actually want, but they never act on it. So probably the most appropriate way to respond to that urge is, well, yeah, actually start thinking about your passions and, and start remembering like, what was that thing that I always wanted to do when I was like 20 years old? Why not? When did I never do that? Like, is it really something that I want or did I just think that I want that? Start going down those roads, start exploring. And to your question, is it unsettling? Yeah, it's, it's really unsettling. <laughs> it's, um, I think you, you could speak about it as in some cases, um, the, the dark night of, of the soul would be a good t term for it. Like depending on how big your shadow is, it can be, you know, it can feel for for a moment that like your your life is uh, falling apart because you know you're kind of well creating a funeral for your old personality and you maybe you're leaving an old job or circumstances maybe toxic relationships um, 
so it can feel at times like your life is falling apart, but it's falling apart for the real deal, like for the better stuff, right? Uh, one one other uh, analogy which I um, which I always like is um, in the Matrix, right? Red pill and 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 blue pill. When Neo is offered, do you want to stay asleep um, and take the blue pill and just forget that this ever happened, or do we want to find out like? about the truth but it will be painful this is kind of the the choice that you have and like i'm not judging um what people what choice people are going to make i think it's it's fairly valid to say you know what in this lifetime i'm cool with like blue pill with my old lifestyle actually was enjoying it a lot like this is all i need this is what i need to stay motivated i'm just going to keep my old life that's that's also a fairly good answer to that question but personally, I was I was always more drawn to finding out, okay, what is the actual thing that I'm passionate about and exploring that route. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it sounds like there are so many parallels between, you know, various other philosophies, um, you know, perhaps Buddhism, for example, where it's like suffering kind of becomes the, the impetus, right? It, it sounds like when you're when you're at that point of of making the decision okay do i do i kind of just go back to sleep or do i you know start to really shine light on these places knowing that it will be painful it seems like what what might motivate us is you know almost you know sounds sounds almost masochistic but have we suffered enough have we gone through enough suffering that we won't really want to alleviate it or you know are we relatively comfortable and if we're relatively comfortable and, and okay with things then um uh, maybe we won't uh maybe we won't look at our shadows right right but do you want to you know it's like do you want to suffer a little bit but like slowly and over years perhaps over your your whole lifetime i have the feeling that many people are living um a base state of like mild annoyance and like slightly hating themselves or like barely barely making it through the day and they have maybe some day job that they secretly hate but you know they have to do it that's the way it is and they just go go with it um so so it's the choice do you do you want to suffer a little bit slowly or do you want to suffer maybe for a while maybe for a couple of weeks maybe for a couple of months even like if it's really bad uh suffer a bit more intensely but come out the other end um where you have let go of that suffering that's that's the offering right that's the possibility that is offered yeah yeah i'm I'm starting to see you know the potential the potential link between uh shadow work and, and psychedelics right because psychedelics kind of start to give you a, a glimpse perhaps into that other side where you've maybe done some of the work and, and starting to see some of the benefits i think Maybe one of the main hurdles here is so many of the benefits are are really just theoretical or, or mental until you really start to experience it, right? And and maybe psychedelics are a way that you can kind of start to experience some of the benefits that you'd potentially get from from doing shadow work. Um, I I think I, I like this term of kind of bridging the gap between. Okay, you know, in the psychedelic experience, I, I felt really awesome. I felt like I was really my true self for once. Uh, and and now, you know, now that I've come down, I don't feel that anymore. How do I get back there? It sounds like shadow work might be one of the bridges back to that that space to some degree. 
Totally. I mean, what what does even the word psychedelic, which I think means coming from the Greek means mind manifesting. So if you take psychedelic or for most psychedelics that you take, what happens is it, you know, it starts manifesting whatever is already in your mind, which is also the reason why set and setting is, is so important because, you know, if you're in a bad headspace, this is basically what is going to manifest. So you could say that psychedelics is shadow work in a pill format, right? Because you take it and it's going to manifest whatever is there, including your shadows. And that's maybe one important thing which I didn't mention before because we're talking about it like these shadows are these monsters lurking in your unconscious psyche. Um, good stuff can also be part of your shadow, right? Like people have lots of repressed hmm. joy or uh, laughter or just will for living or we talked about creativity. Like um, you can also come back to these aspects of yourself which are beautiful right and this is also what happens sometimes when you take psychedelics you have these wonderful beautiful experiences uh, of yourself of maybe your true self which you haven't felt in a really long time and um so yeah it's not only dark aspects it's just repressed aspects it couldn't be negative or positive both ways right yeah yeah i i think a lot of times in in society you know it's almost more acceptable to you know, maybe become a little in, unhinged and, and be a little bit of an asshole from time to time than it is to be like totally joyful, right? I mean, that almost draws more attention, right? If yes. you're really, really happy or if you're if you're laughing a lot, yeah. Uh, so, so that's interesting. I wonder if there's, you know, for for some of us at least, maybe a little bit more resistance even towards the the joyful side that that we're repressing as well. Yeah, uh, totally good, good stuff. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you you mentioned a little bit before that this work can kind of go on almost indefinitely. Um, you know, which I, I think is a a pretty common theme just in in doing this inner work, doing some of this spiritual work, that we never really delude ourselves into like, okay, I'm I'm done, because at that point you've almost like maybe reified the shadow or 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 the ego or or whatever you know what you're working with, whatever terms you want to use. Right. So um, is that bad news? Is that good news? How how do you view that, that this is a never-ending journey? I don't know. I, I see it as an uh, as an opportunity. So there, there are some people and some philosophers who, who went, try tried to go into detail with that and created some like cartographies of, of the soul and try to understand the, the patterns mm -hmm. behind that because it's, it's certainly also stuff repeating. So usually um, a shadow will... Um, will return at least if it's not resolved right for for example you have your you're working with your shadow and if you're not able to resolve it like you can be certain after some time in in a different circumstance it will um, come back and present itself again as an opportunity to be integrated and i'd say you don't have to work with with that always but it's an opportunity like even even illness at, at least for if we're talking about like psychosomatic illnesses, maybe not like all illnesses, but they're usually or they can be also an invitation to really look at your shadow. Because if the shadows stay unattended for in your in your unconscious and they become really strong or your resistance to them becomes really strong, you know, they could also manifest as some physical illnesses as I don't know migraines or psychosomatic pain or back pain or tension in your body like this is what i've seen um, a lot with people that it 
manifests as, as tension in their body in like different spots. Um, and tension and chronic tension over time can again have other side effects. So whenever you encounter such an illness in your life, I, I think this is maybe like a really um, a strong invitation by life to say, okay, I think you should stop and, you know, take a break and, and like look at this stuff. Maybe there's something you you need to um, integrate. But um, yeah, so it, it will come back, I don't know, in um in sort of a, a fractal manner at least if you don't resolve it even even if some shadows that we resolve might come back later sort of testing you again and um then you might remember oh, okay yeah that's that's a part of my shadow that I already integrated so you might not be triggered like um later again but um yeah it, it definitely um it, it comes back and and keeps going yeah yeah Sounds like the shadow work is is a really powerful tool just just for integration in general. I could see it being a, a valuable tool for for potentially integrating psychedelic experiences. Uh, so so you hit on this idea, which I, I think comes up a lot, is tension, right? And and sort of the the physiological side of of you know the mental stuff. Have you personally found that? Uh, as you're doing shadow work, you're, you're becoming more aware of some of the physiological, I guess you could call them side effects. Um, I, I suppose as far as like tension goes, it's, you know, I, I think it's fairly commonly thought that uh, tension can be one of the ways that we're actually resisting emotions or perhaps um, repressing our, our shadow. So as you're doing the shadow work, do you find, do you become more aware of like, muscular tension within your body what's what's your experience of that been totally like for for me tension is like a huge topic which which led me uh, much deeper um in in this shadow work um i personally noticed it the first time when i was on a meditation retreat on a vipassana retreat which was like for five days and i think after day three or something i started noticing this points of tension i had in my back and the thing is like they were there all the time like i was walking around with them like perhaps for my whole life and i never noticed that i have spots in my back where where there was like muscles cramped up so i don't know the um the mind's ability to ignore our shadows and to ignore like physiological symptoms Maybe it also happens, you know, if you have tension for a long time, that after some time, you know, maybe your mind or your body also just sort of pushes this out of out of your awareness. Um, I don't know how that works, but definitely, like tension is a really um, good indicator that there's um, some unintegrated, perhaps um, emotional shadow going on um, in your body, and then you can you can really work with it. On, on a somatic level. Um, so, so that's the good part about tension. Like once you realize, okay, I have some kind of chronic tension in my body, indicating some kind of stuck feeling in my body or some unintegrated memory or whatever, you can you can work with it quite well. Like there's many modalities you, you could you could um, approach it from. There, there's all of these, I mean, yoga is, is uh, for starters, yoga is really good to, to work with tension. Like anybody who has done a yoga session knows that at least 
there's some immediate relief and some immediate relaxation um, in, in your body after yoga. There is um, all of these somatic practices for um, releasing um, emotional tension. There is somatic experiencing, which I think we touched briefly on when we talked uh, in, the, in the last episode. Um, so yeah, this is again back the link to your nervous system, right? Tension is kind of the shadow manifesting in your nervous system, basically. Yeah, yeah, I, I really like this idea. I think it's really powerful that you know it's the mind body connection and and what really is the distinction there that there can be manifestations of of say your your shadow both on on the level of the psyche as well as the level of of the body and that you're able to to work at that from either angle you know like the top down type approaches where you're maybe doing psychotherapy or or doing some of the shadow work journaling meditating as well as those bottom-up approaches uh, like you mentioned potentially somatic experiencing or, or even just doing something like yoga I think that's particularly powerful because a lot of times I think we feel like we get stuck with one approach, right? You're taking a, a top-down approach, you're doing some shadow work, some journaling, and you feel like it's not going anywhere. And at that point, maybe it's uh, you know behooves you to potentially look into some more uh, bottom-up type modalities like uh, like yoga, like you mentioned. Yeah, cool. um, uh, it, like you stuff. explained, it sounds. It sounds really like actually uh, intuitive that there's this connection between the the mind and the body, but for example, uh, even in our medicine, there's usually the split. Right, you have either psychotherapists or you have physical therapists, so we have doctors. And usually, you would be surprised if you go to a psychotherapist and he starts like touching you or starts touching your body. We would be like, "What the hell? Like this is not part of it." However, in in other modalities, so for example, in traditional Chinese medicine, this there has never been this division. Like there's like doctors doing acupuncture and you and like physical therapy and all of these things. Uh, and they always knew that there's the somatic um, layer to it, but yeah, I'm starting to discover it's, um, it's, it's really intuitive actually. And in terms of like um, which modality, because there's so many modalities, like, um, so you start to realize that you have a shadow or, and you want to work with it and you or you maybe discover that you have tension in your body and you ask yourself okay what modality should i take to work with this and i think the answer to that question is whatever modality works for you because there's so much stuff out there that you could start with and approach it with but um i guess you just have to try out a couple of them and see whatever fits best for you and then keep going with that like if you find something that works for you keep doing that yeah yeah i, I think that's a really good way to approach it right because there are so many different things and we can get pretty discouraged if we invest ourselves and in, in one one approach or another and it doesn't seem to really uh, make make any progress right so I, I think that's a really valuable idea. Find what resonates with you. Try a lot of different things and, and stick with what, what seems to work. All right. Well, we're, we're probably getting close to the end here, but I'm wondering, is there anything else that you want to touch on on this topic before before we are, are done? Mm, maybe maybe just um, to talk also a bit about the benefits, because I have the feeling I, I talk so much now about the negative and about the side effects that like comes with this and i would say yes that this is difficult work but i would also say it's really really worth it because 
what you end up with on the other side and um, is a, a lot more space in your life, a lot more, ideally, more calmness in your life, a more relaxed nervous system. And um, when you have that, then many other possibilities open in your life. Now, now you have more space to do like more. You have you're in a better position to make decisions um, for yourself. You you can do decisions in a more reflected way. You actually have more space also to be kinder to other people. You are going to be less of an asshole showing up in your life. Like there's you you are going to experience more gratitude in your life. Like there's all these positive uh, experiences so i just wanted to mention that that it doesn't seem like it's only going to be a dark night of the soul if you start to engage in shadow work it's actually really really cool stuff that you can gain from it in the long run yeah that's cool i, I like that i appreciate that you said that it, it's almost like by shining light on and discovering you know your your inner i'll say it again asshole Right, that yes. you're less likely than to to manifest that out in the world. That's that's really cool. And and I'd also say that it kind of sounds like, and all right, I'm going to admit this might be a little bit hyperbolic, but it kind of sounds like everything that we are missing or externally, we might be able to find it internally. We might be able to find so much more fulfillment, so much more joy that we're you know trying to get out of that that new car or something by looking within and and kind of uh, releasing some of this this repression right uh, so that's that's also a really appealing aspect it's like okay you're you we're so externally focused right trying to figure out what we need outside of ourselves to to be happy and really the answer is inside totally like anybody who has dabbled at least a little bit in buddhism already feels this uh, intuitively and i would say it's the same thing with with shadow work um, it's a bit of a difficult work to become present with whatever is, um, but it's it's worth it. There's really good stuff to unlock. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Nick. I, I really appreciate all, all of your your expertise on this subject. I appreciate you too. And that was awesome. A good place to end it.